0: This is Business Unusual. We continue our conversation on activating our rods. In this particular edition, we expand it further. We discuss unpacking our rod. Why unpack? Because we need to look at the components of our rod. We need to understand what is the uniqueness of each rod and in which way does that make it important for you to specifically have yours unpacked so it can fully function in an activated manner. Now, as we continue this discussion, it is important that we become aware of a very interesting concept that most of us probably are so much connected to but not aware of. The truth is, most of us, most of our life, whether in school, in any environment, we've been trained to work on our weaknesses instead of improving our strengths. If you think about it, even in school, what do teachers say? Oh, this child... Is very good in these areas. They're okay in these areas. But the areas they need to work on are these areas. So there are whole sorts of economic systems that have been developed to fix weaknesses. But we have very few that we have ever developed to actually work on your strengths. And this is part of where the problem becomes. So when we develop a mindset of focusing on our weaknesses, it begins to affect us in later life. Because the way you've been trained is that your, your strengths are fine, your weaknesses need to be fixed. So what does that do? You have this mindset where you're always trying to work on your weaknesses. You're always trying to fix your weaknesses instead of building up your strength. So by trying to do that, you end up in society either always trying or getting obsessed with fixing your weaknesses or by trying to hide them. So what ends up happening? You're so weakness-aware that you're not in any way building your strengths. That tells you what that then brings us to. It brings us to a place where your weaknesses are not really your weaknesses sometimes. There are some unique scenarios we will look at, but mostly your weakness could be someone else's road. So you're busy trying to work on someone else's road instead of really Working to improve your own rod. Now, first of all, let's talk about our strength. Because ultimately, our strength, our capacity is what the rod produces. It's what God works through the rod to bring forth anything. So we need to then describe what that would be. That strength, that capacity, that rod. It must be something. Now I'm going to give you a simple definition for what your rod is. It is an activity that you are able to do consistently and naturally. An activity you are able to do consistently and naturally. In other words, I do this so naturally and I can do it consistently every time. So that tells you this means it is a predictable part of your performance. Listen, this is something any given time you can work and do consistently and The first principle is it's natural to you. So in other words, even if I came back to you 10 days after today, you'd do it exactly, you'd do it perfectly, and you'd do it consistently. You'd not struggle with doing it. There's no fluke. Now, this is not to be misunderstood with just your skill or your other abilities or something you've learned. Why is that important? Because there are some things you may have done amazingly once. But you have not been able to be consistent at it. Some of you will know how this works. Sometimes you attempt a certain game, maybe like bowling or darts or whatever, and you may amazingly hit the mark, or archery. but are you able to hit the mark consistently, naturally, regularly, easily? If not, that's not your strength. That was a fluke. That was something that just happened. That was a coincidence. Don't mistake a coincidence for your capacity, for your rod, for your strength. So in other times, you may have borrowed or copied it or or imitated someone. But that doesn't mean it is you. So the thing that you need to know about your own strength is that you can demonstrate it time and time again. That's very important. Time and time again. Even if I woke you up in the middle of the night and I told you do this, you would do it. Even if you are tired, and I told you to do it, you still do it properly. Because it is in it. It is built in you. And the next key to that is that it should be enjoyable for you to do. That's important. In other words, this is natural. I can do it perfectly and consistently. And if anything, I have fun doing it. I actually enjoy doing it. I get some satisfaction when I do it. If it drains you, check it. If doing it causes you to be drained or makes you become low, we are going to identify what that really is. But if you do it energizes you, I mean this, this is a simple way of checking things, people when they connect with what they are natural to, even if they were tired, even if they were sleepy, even if they were whatever they were going through, when they begin to engage they suddenly wake up and become alive. You even wonder, you mean you were in the room all along. Because that's how it is. Not only is it natural, not only is it perfect, or as near perfect, not only is it consistent, meaning that level of accuracy can be maintained, but it also energizes you. You enjoy doing it. There are already some clues to understanding why this is important. Now, if you do it repeatedly, happily, successfully, You have an idea where you're operating with. Now, the other side of the coin is this. You do not have to be excellent in every aspect of what you're doing with your rod. Let me explain what I mean by that. That may sound a bit contradictory to what I just said. You don't have to be perfect in every aspect when you're carrying out a function with your rod. And I'll use the example of Moses. Once it became clear what Moses' rod was, Moses had highlighted some areas in his argument which were his weakness. And one of the areas he had highlighted was his ability to communicate, speech, to speak. So what did God do? He said, no problem. Your brother Aaron shall be your voice. In other words, still carry out the rod, still operate, but collaborate. Find someone who is able to fill in that part which is natural to them. So the idea was, in carrying out his rod, in in perfection, in clarity, in ability, he did not need now to go for speech classes so that he can carry out his rod. He was able to find another who would have filled that space. So the principle is this. You need not only apply what you're good at and try to struggle with what you're not good at. God will bring the necessary relationships into alignment with you. Now, this is consistent in partnerships. This is consistent in marriages. This is consistent in relationships. That as your rod begins to bud and operate, there will be the necessary other people around you that will make this work. Now, if you really want to succeed in activating your rod, we are still unpacking the rod, you will only excel by maximizing your strengths and never by fixing your weaknesses. Listen carefully. You will be successful by maximizing your strengths, not by fixing your weaknesses. Now, this is not the same as saying you should ignore your weaknesses. Instead, do something more effective, which would be something like find ways to manage your weakness but do not be fixated on fixing your weakness. What do we mean by find ways to manage your weakness? You see, your weakness is only a predicament. And when we say weakness here, we're talking about what you're not strong in. Your weakness is only detrimental when it drains your strength. So, what do you do? You do enough around it to enhance your strength so that it allows your strength to blossom. That's why this happens with relationships. In marriage, you may find that one of you is a great communicator, but they are not a good starter. So you need the starter to start, so the communicator can move. Maybe you've observed couples like that. One starts a conversation, then the other now joins in and really talks. That's how collaboration works. It doesn't mean that the story was hijacked necessarily. Sometimes it's just the way they collaborate. This works with colleagues. This should work with partners. This is what you call a Hebron mentality. The mentality of collaboration. To be aware that if I am very good in this area, but I do not know how to step out. Some people are very good at taking action on certain Issues, but they need somebody to point them in the right direction. That's where collaboration comes in. Now, this may be uniquely different if you're in what I call an individual case. An individual case would be something like sports or music. Now, why is that different? In sports or, or music or things that have competition, you may need to work on your weakness so that it does not undermine your strength. Meaning, say you are a sprinter, you're very good on takeoff and very poor on finishing, then you can work on your finishing. But let me say something your finishing will never catch up with your takeoff. Don't try to match them because by doing that, you may slow down your takeoff. Your mind may be so much on the finish that your takeoff slows down. You simply Add value to the finish, but if you know your strength is takeoff, then expand the takeoff. So, in your balance, do more to expand the takeoff and do a little to upgrade your finish. I would put 80% to increase the takeoff and 20% on improving the finish. That way, you really are building on your strength not trying to fix your weakness which will never match your strength, if anything the energy and time you spend on trying to perfect your weakness is draining your strength. For many people, that right there may be a way that helps you to operate. Remember, building your strength is always your focus. Managing your weakness is only because it is dragging down your strength. The idea is you should be freed to upgrade your strength. That's a general idea. So in anything that you do, look at your strength and find, how do I expand this? But the reality is, many times, the default is to try and fix your weakness. The default is to try and work on that area that is limiting you. In other words, say you're building something or fixing something or painting something. Stop obsessing with a crack. Work on the whole, come back to the crack later. Many people have done poorly in an exam because they got so fixated on trying to find the answer to the problem they did not know that they forgot to finish with the answers they already knew. So they ended up missing out on great things they would have achieved by simply focusing on the problem. We must also understand that in life we go through various changing environments. So, in these environments, your self awareness, your maturity, your opportunities, and the people around you can have an impact and effect on how your road builds. This is why it is always critical for us to have a prophetic word and a proceeding word. Why? A prophetic word gives us the intent of God, God's intent, and God's purposes and plans in a season. But the Proceeding Word gives us our instructions on how to interact with that intent of God in a manner that it will thrive and achieve well. Now, God does not give a prophetic word in a season where there isn't a people with the ability to follow the instructions that bring fulfillment. Very important point. God will not give a prophetic word in a season where there isn't a people who have the capacity, the skills, the talents, the abilities to carry out that instruction. What is important is that once that season is clear, God then gives individual instructions. So there's a corporate word, and then there is individual instructions. Those instructions call out to your natural talent, your ability, your knowledge, your skill, for you to respond to what God is saying. That is a principle, and that's what we call the Issachar Dimension. The ability to discern and to act. Now, there are three components to our roads that I want us to look at today, which to look at today, which are the real issues that I want you to really hold on to and have a good understanding of. If you have a good understanding of these three components, it will be easy for you to unpack your road. These components are what combine, they are like the Trinity that equal your road. So, when you think about what, whenever I use that term, we use a term in scripture, my rod. We use many other words to describe this rod capacity, you know, uh, gifts, abilities, anointings. But now we want to almost like if we were to dissect what we are calling a rod and get the components in place where if you have these components working properly together, you'd know your rod has been unpacked and you'd know what to activate. So, before we go into the specific three things, we need to answer a very important question. It is important for us to know and to distinguish between our natural talents and the things we can learn. This is usually the conflict point. In fact, this is where many of us get confused. The difference between your natural, innate talents, because now we are looking at the components of the road. What are your natural, innate talents? And one of the things you can learn. You see, if we're to define our road properly and consistently, we need to be sure. Remember what we had said. We had said your capacity or the whole component of your road or your entire ability or whatever God calls your road is when you are able to be consistent and perfect when you perform certain activities. Consistent and perfect when you perform certain activities. Activities anytime, anyhow. Maybe you may improve in intensity, you may expand more, but generally it is consistent, as in that's why we can almost identify you with something. That's why some people are called a singer or a footballer, or that term that now gets identified with you is connected to consistency, to performance and to perfection. In other words, every time they do this, they do it right. They do it better than everybody else, and they are consistent in it. In fact, we can reliably position them in that scenario because we are sure of their capacity. So that's what we've said. It is. Now, how do we actually get there? Can we reach that by practice? Can we reach there by just consistently doing the thing. You know they say practice makes perfect. That is true in some situations and false in others. Let me explain. Especially when it comes to your rod, it can be the truth depending on what your rod is and it can be false depending on what your rod is. Let me explain. You see, the truth is no amount of practice per se can create a talent. But a talent can be practiced. Let's take it a little further. First of all, can we agree that human beings can improve many, many, many things by practice and by learning? We are adaptable. We have capacity to adapt. Yes, we can learn skills and we can learn them very well we can learn different things and perform them very well. But performing well and being perfect and consistent are two very different things. In other words, if we think something is important enough and we think it may change our life, we really can discipline ourselves. And we can get a little better at virtually anything. See, that's why we our idea of discipline comes from when the kingdom idea of discipline is entirely different. Our idea of discipline is get a task, if this task can bring me somewhere, then do whatever it takes to become good at it. Generally, sadly, the good we become at it is not good enough, even though it seems good enough compared to where we have come from. Now, the real question is whether you can reach consistent and near perfect performance in these activities, through practice alone? The answer is no. Yes, you will achieve some level of ability. I mean, we can learn to play the guitar. We can learn to play the piano. We can practice daily. But you know what's going to happen? You will come only very good at what you have learned. You will have no ability to expand it or become creative with it. That's the truth. Because you have learned, you have borrowed, you have taken, you have copied. It is not innate and natural to us. In other words, we'll come to a level of improvement, but we will never come to the place of perfection. And there's a reason for that. Now, what then role do skills, knowledge, experience, self-awareness play in unpacking your rod? What do they play? Where, where is the importance of skill? Where is the importance of knowledge? Where is the importance of experience? Or even becoming self-aware, I now know I'm supposed to have a rod and operate. To answer these questions, you need a very simple way to differentiate the difference between what is innate, natural to you, and what you can acquire with practice. Because this is where many times, many people have found themselves in conflict even when they seem, seem to be performing well. Alright? Now, the three components that I talked about that equal your odd is talent, knowledge and skills. Talent, knowledge and skills. Now... You notice the order in which I have placed them. Talent, knowledge, and skills. These are the three components. I want to say it again so you can say it to yourself. Talent, knowledge, and skills. Now, these three, talent, knowledge, skill, combined, equal your road. Now, let's break them down a little. What is a talent? A talent is what you are naturally. And we can break it a little further to say, it is connected to naturally, notice the word I'm using, naturally, recurring, natural, recurring, meaning it is natural and it is recurring, patterns of thought, feelings or behavior, naturally recurring, patterns of thought, feelings and behavior. And as we continue in this series, you'll see why that is important. So... What are the natural patterns of thought, feelings, and behavior that are natural to only you? Therein lies the secret of your talents. Alright? That's talent. We are being brief on this. As you continue this series, we'll keep expanding until clarity comes. What is knowledge? Knowledge consists of the facts that you have learned. Knowledge consists of the facts that you have learned. Talent is patterns of thinking, feeling, and behavior. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts and lessons you've learned. Alright? Then skills. Skills is usually the simplest to explain, it's steps of an activity. Steps of an activity. Now, these three combined equal your order, your natural, innate patterns, the things that you think about consistently, your feelings, your behavior, your natural, your nature, who is inside of you in terms of operation. Two, there's a component called knowledge, the facts that and lessons you have learned over time. And the next thing is skills, the activity that you carry out or you are able to carry out. Now, all three are important to activating your road. Of these three components, though, the most important is talent. So there are three areas, three components, but the most important component is talent. Now, your talent is innate. In other words, talent cannot be acquired. Talent cannot be learned. Talent cannot be given. Talent cannot be prophesied. Talent cannot be imparted. Talent is innate. It is as real as you are. Whereas skills and knowledge can be acquired. You begin to see now how we are beginning to connect these two processes. You will find talent is built in, but skills and knowledge you can acquire. Now, when you begin to understand that. Reality, you then begin to understand that skills and knowledge only have value when they are being advanced from a position of your talent. So, in other words, when your talent is discovered, it is only then that you can now begin to gather knowledge and to begin to apply or learn skills to enhance your talent. Otherwise, under normal circumstances, you will find that the way most of us have been brought up, we've been brought up to acquire skills. We've been brought up to acquire our knowledge. We've been brought up to work in those environments. But hardly anybody ever spoke to us about our talents. So what begins to happen? If, say, you've been spending time, And what do do we all spend time doing? Learning a new skill. We even say that. Learn a new skill. We, we go. Get knowledge. So we read. We study. We really want to acquire a new skill. But the problem with this is that many times, many of the skills that we are learning are not even in partnership with each other. A lot of the knowledge we are acquiring are not even in connection with the skills. So, listen, there are many, many, many well-meaning programs. You know? Leadership training. Emotional skills. Listening skills. All sorts of skills. How to be this. And we have all these projects and sign-ups. And listen, they are all well-meaning. But what we never ask, this knowledge we are acquiring, these skills we are acquiring, we have this idea that the knowledge and the skills are going to have an impact in the lives that we are going to have. And many of us can be honest that we have a portfolio of knowledge and skills that truly, if we're asked today, we have not applied. If we're asked today, they have not been a blessing to us. If we ask asked today, they've really not helped us achieve much. Why? Because the power of knowledge... And the power of skills is totally connected to the talent from which they are supposed to be enhancing. These are feet that hold up or that navigate or help you to function in your talent. Now, let's take a very simple example, a salesperson, okay, using this narrative. You can get a salesperson who... Can describe products very well. He knows product knowledge, 100%. Who can ask the right questions of the client? Customer service. Understanding the needs of the client, we are told, very well. So he can elicit the needs of the client. He can do a perfect presentation. Why? Those two can be learned. But the question will come. Does he have the ability to know when to make the decision for the client to buy? Now that is talent. That's where the story starts. Yet we know, and I've trained salesmen, I've worked with companies, I know this to be true. There are some salesmen, we call them naturals, why do we call them natural? They don't even have a proper grasp of the product. They have a general grasp. They don't even have the skills to ask the right questions. But when it comes to selling to the client and knowing when the client is ready to pay, they are consistent and their sales show it. So, if you're out there and you've been wondering, my sales team have got perfect product knowledge. My sales team have all the questions and the templates and they get all the ticks right, they ask all the right questions, they make all the right proposals and all those things, but they don't make sales. Because they are not salesmen. They are trained for sales. Two entirely different scenarios. So, how do you get success? You get a natural salesman and then you give them knowledge and skills. That is the secret. That's how it works. Let me take another example. On the African continent, we have great sportsmen, and I'll talk about soccer and how many of our soccer players who end up, in the big leagues in Europe, and why some really become big. The reason they become big is that they are sourced. Meanwhile, in Europe, there are sports academies starting from childhood. Many people come through those academies and yet do not sometimes excel at the level of the sportsmen that will come in maybe from a country from Africa, South America, and so on. Why? This is simply because in Europe, it is one of the careers. It is a thing of interest. So you use knowledge to decide to play soccer. It does well. It pays well. It is exciting. That's knowledge. So let me go into training and acquire some skills. And there are many people who will train you. They'll train you on ball control. They will train you on consistency. They will train you on health. They will train you sports medicine. They'll do all the right things. But they can't train you on the crucial moment to make that turn. They can't train you on the crucial moment to make the decision to pass or to shoot. They cannot train you. That is talent. They'll train you on everything else. Now what happens when you take somebody with a talent from Africa, who's been doing this without the knowledge, without the information, without knowing that there's a 643 format, or there's a 442 format, or there's a whatever format. They have no clue. All they know is that when they get hold of the ball, they're able to do some key things. They're able to control it. They're able to dribble. They're able to score. They don't even know all the other issues about how much strength to use when. Now, when you take that guy and begin to give him knowledge and to begin to sharpen his skill, he becomes lethal. That's the difference. That's what this is all about. That's how the rod is activated. Now, listen. This is consistent for every area of life. There's a big deal. That's what we say, calling versus training. Let me talk now about ministry. There are many successful ministers with very little infrastructural knowledge, how to manage a ministry, how to organize systems, how to arrange. We need systems. We need systems. Listen, it is true we need systems. But when we need systems... Because there is talent. Systems versus talent is simple dictatorship, offense, anger, because people after a while will rebel. Because the system is not what makes decisions. The system is not what makes things work. It is people. So what ends up happening? You may have a desire. Notice, a desire for ministry is not a calling. A desire for ministry is not an anointing. That's the language we use in ministry. Grace, anointing, all those are basically innate talent. Which means, when we say God is calling you to something, we are not saying God is calling out your name and sending you somewhere because there is a problem. We are saying God is awakening that which he put in you. That's what is called the calling. It's a kaleo, Greek word, call out, call up, call to send. God is calling up what he placed in you, and then he is directing you now. After he calls it up, then we can apply knowledge. Then we can apply skill. Then you will be effective. You can be successful, but not as effective as you are because you didn't have knowledge and skill. But knowledge and skill can lead you to failure. Because you don't have the talent that knows when to turn when to make the decision. That is why many institutions become relics because they are rigid, because they are driven by knowledge and skill, not by talent. That's a problem. And this is true in every field. Go into politics. We know politicians who are not eloquent, but they have capacity and following. We know very sharp, very articulate politicians who never make it to parliament. Why? Because this thing is not about training. It's not about skill. Training and skill are secondary, not primary. What is primary? is talent. What is innate? What is natural? First you're a singer, then you're given skills on how to work on your voice, which is already good. And that's the difference between a trained musician and a natural musician. A trained musician needs music to read and follow. A natural musician writes music for people to read and follow because they can create it. That's a difference. So, in whatever endeavor you're in, whatever God has placed you in, if you have an innate gift and it needs to take you to places, it needs knowledge and it needs skill. But these are enhancing the talent. That means the talent places the demand on what knowledge you need. The talent places the demand on what skills you need to improve. You don't get all sorts of skills and talents and think it will produce, skills and knowledge and think it will produce talent. That's where the problem lies. And that is why in so many fields we get confused when we see people who've got all the necessary things and yet with all the I's dotted, and all the T's crossed, they don't have success. Because that's not how we were designed to work. That's not what God positioned us to be. So, you can have great skills as a salesman, and great knowledge, and no sales. can have great talent, not as good skills, and not as much knowledge, and still do great sales. Imagine what would happen. So in the kingdom, what we do is once we have discovered your talent. Then we place a demand on knowledge. Then we place a demand on skills. This is driven by the talent, not by the need out there. That's what you need to understand. People get fooled by chasing skills and knowledge. Now, just to use an example, a personal one. Many years ago when I began out in business, I had this Graphic designer, I've always been an innovation in the creative space, who was a genius at his work, but he had a major weakness. He was an alcoholic. Now, part of the problem was, when you start a project with him, you want to incentivize him to move. So what do you do when you want to incentivize? You give him a deposit. That becomes your downfall. Because he goes and drinks. And once he's drunk, he's not able to do what he's supposed to do. So in the end, you have this project dragging almost forever. Or you have an offense, you're angry with him, yet he was brilliant at what he did. So I had to find a workaround around that weakness. What was the best thing to do? I would give him a project, sit with him. He didn't work for me. He was an outsourced client. Sit with him, having his entire money available with me. So in that moment, we were solving two things. One, he wasn't drinking. Two, he was working. Three, I was getting my work done. And four, he was beginning to learn that he can make his full pay in a shorter time without drinking. So it became a win-win for everybody. That basically is where the issue was. He had talent, he had knowledge, but his skill was being messed up by a weakness. Do you see how those things combine? So, in in other words, it is a shorter path for everybody out there, employers, business people, partners, whatever it takes. It is a shorter path to take a person with talent and give them knowledge and skills than to take a person with knowledge and skills and attempt the impossible to give them talent. This is a reality Anywhere you want to go. Individually right now, you may be sitting back. And that's why sometimes we will make a statement and we might be misunderstood. When we say that sometimes education may not be the biggest solution to what you want. Why? Because education has already predetermined the knowledge and skills to be given. What is never predetermined is who requires the knowledge and skills they are offering. So what do we end up doing? We end up in a scenario where, after we set up such a system, we then set up rules that say, if you don't have this knowledge and these skills, you are not qualified for this field. So we have a predicament. We end up getting people who are capable of acquiring, remember what I said about the human being? We are capable of learning almost anything. We are capable of adapting. And so, what happens? The whoever set the skill set and the knowledge set, please understand. Like I said, everybody can acquire that. It is easy to learn anything. All right. So people acquire that skill and knowledge, then go into a field that they have no talent for. So their productivity level never seems. And so, what do we think is the best solution? more training, isn't it? More skills, more knowledge. We spend huge budgets scaling the untalented and adding knowledge to the untalented. We spend budgets of budgets and our productivity goes a little, then dies. A little, then dies. The problem is very simple. It's time to stop and say, There's nothing wrong with skilling and giving knowledge but skill talent. So our very recruitment process and our very partnership process is warped. Even on mental business partnerships. We simply think having money and having the knowledge about that business having information on how well it will do and knowing what the market looks like equals success. No way. Without talent it's not going to happen. You know it's interesting in Egypt Pharaoh had wisdom. When Joseph interpreted the dream, Joseph then gave him breakdown on the skills and the knowledge needed to carry out the problem. He said, you need a man who can do one, two, three. You need people who can do... And Pharaoh is very smart. He said, listen, Joseph, you're the man. Meaning, if you had the talent and ability to discern it, to interpret it, to know it should work, then surely you're the one who should apply the skills and the knowledge required to carry this out. That's how these things are supposed to be done. So, stop, stop, stop spending so much money learning skills that will do nothing for your talent. Stop spending money on your children On skills you think are going to help them. On knowledge you think are going to help them. Many of us are full of knowledge we acquired in school that has actually no applicable value. That's the truth. And we think the solution to that is to acquire new knowledge and new skills which will still be of no applicable value. What we need to do? That's why we have to come back to the original. We have to come back to God. We have to come to get a prophetic word, a proceeding word that tells you really who you are. And from there, you get your identity. Then you grow in knowledge. Then you sharpen your skills. Then you're able to carry out your mandate. That's basically what this is about. Without that understanding, it's going to be very difficult for you to activate your road. If you cannot... Understand, and one, trust God, that if God gave you a particular talent, that is all you need. If he gave you multiple talents, the responsibility is greater. But that is all you need. Therefore, you may require... You see, the the parable of the talents is a very interesting parable. Because it says, And the master gave five talents, three talents, one talent, each according to his own ability. In other words, Based on your innateness, what you are already are, you are given it. Then he said, go and trade with this. Go and trade could also be read to mean get knowledge, mm-hmm. get skills around that, and then cause profit. That's a principle. So you were judged according to your ability. Secondly, you were given talent according to your ability. So this whole idea that we all want to be leaders, who will be the followers? That's not the principle. And being a follower is not a defect. Being a leader is not special. It's simply a requirement. It's what God designed you for. It's what you do. Therefore, in that posture, it is easy to acquire knowledge. What happens in my environment? What happens if you check, maybe in the last two years, we've done maybe 300 recordings. And... A few times we've had to go back and recap some things. But many times we have new insights to give you. Why? This is our road. It is easy to add knowledge here. It is easy to apply greater skill. What do we sharpen? Our knowledge and our skills. But our talent, we know. That's the journey. That's what this is about. And of course, over time, sometimes, God will remind us of certain things we have neglected that we need to sharpen, build up, Or, because we're in a particular context, certain aspects of that talent is not required. But the ones that are required, we have to apply to the full. This is what this whole journey is about. This is how you move. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're in ministry, if you're in business, if you're in music, if you're in sports, innovation, politics. When I say in, I mean your actual talent, not what you're doing right now. Some of you, the biggest problem you have right now is functioning in the wrong environment. You're a fish trying to climb a tree. Now, no amount of tree climbing training is going to improve you. No amount of knowledge about trees is going to improve you. Now, we can give you the best of the best of the best coaches, the best teachers, the most knowledgeable, the person who wrote the handbook. You will still be no more than average. Why? Not because you're slow, not because you're foolish, not because you can't understand complicated things, simply because you're in the wrong environment. This really, this series of the road is about waking up the real you. Getting you to that place to understand listen, I have a talent, I have a specialized ability. There is a, there is a design, there's a way God created me. Remember where I started? My consistent thoughts, my consistent feelings, my consistent actions, those things that are natural, perfect, consistent, enjoyable, energizing to me. Those of you who know me, if we sit to talk about kingdom issues, we will do 5 a.m. in the morning without realizing any time had passed. Why? Because it brings energy. It continues, it expands. When I do my research, when I'm studying, when I'm looking for things, I see dots that get connected for me in places nobody else will see them. I see things in scripture nobody else will ever see. I see patterns in history, in news, in society, in the environment, no one else will see. Why? Because I am configured to see. That is the truth. Everybody has a, if I may use Uh, I don't know how to place this term but you, you know when we all grew up we all knew I hope you did in school that there was something called a stencil with a stencil if you put it over something you'd be able to shape what the stencil said now we all have a talent stencil which only allows us to see into the areas that concern us why the other areas belong to other people and all of us together create the whole picture when we bring our value to that space. This is what God created us to be. This is how we were designed to function. This is God's ways. Listen. In as many roles that you want to go, you can acquire all the skills you want. And it's true, people. It's true we live in a time of unprecedented knowledge. It is true we live in a time where you can get skills for everything. You can get information on everything. But let me be honest. If you apply skills and learn skills and knowledge but are against or that bury or that ignore your talent, that is the source of your stress. That is the source of your discomfort. That is the source of your unfulfillment. Because the real you knows you're living a lie. That's just the way it is. And so sometimes, if you never come into the ambit of the word of God, of a prophetic word of God speaking to your reality, you may never find this person. And that's the thing. So sometimes we think just changing location, going to a new country, changing jobs will fix this. No, it won't. What fixes it? It's coming to clarity of who you are. When you come into that clarity, Then begin to get knowledge about it. It is even exciting. You don't even struggle to study. You don't struggle to look for that information. You don't struggle to find it. Your skills sharpen easily. You improve overnight. Somebody, that's why sometimes, by accident, we find things we are very good at. And the more we do it, the better we become. And we are almost shocked at how easily and how quickly we improve in those areas. Why? We've connected to the skills that are in agreement, so we are congruent. We become one, like a like, like like the Godhead. Like like how we were supposed to operate. Everything comes into connection. Once that happens, we are able to thrust forward. And that's where the power of your Lord will be. That's where the power to create wealth lies. That's where every secret to the dreams you have is. That's if we take this journey. Stress will disappear. Anger will disappear. Bitterness will disappear. Please stop living in unfulfilled roles that you are highly qualified for. Because you have the training, you have the degrees, you have the certificates. Find what you were created for, then qualify it. Give it the knowledge, give it the skills, give it whatever is needed. Feed it, strengthen it, and watch how powerful it is. See how it opens life uh, doors for you, how it brings you into places, how easy it is to then refine your knowledge and to refine your skills. This is the journey we are in. This is the reality we are living about. So listen, no amount of practice is going to do this, but practicing this will bring greatness. These are the joys that we're supposed to live in in these times. This is really what God wants us to do. So don't fall into the trap of acquiring as much knowledge and skills as you're able to get in the hope that in some way it will bring you to greatness. Instead, find out what did God place in you. This is the shortest route. This is the key. This is what brings us to where we are. So as we continue to discover and unpack our rods so we can activate it fully and function. As we say here, may you be found under your vine and under your fig tree. Keep it kingdom, keep it pure, and activate your rod. God bless you.